Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Heyo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on X. We're going to start doing that now. X. Yeah? Because now it's X.com. You want to just do this every um, time? Yeah, you have to get a, a new X logo and everything, uh, Steven. I mean, you're going you're, you're all mad about your folder disappearing. You're going to have to make all new graphics. Sucks for you. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. We've got the full CHGO White Sox crew with me today. Vinny in a nice new shirt. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can read his articles up at allCHGO.com. The man in the middle. Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at EcknerWall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We are going to be talking mostly about the trade deadline tomorrow in our off-day show. So uh, if you are looking for a lot of trade deadline stuff um, and getting into the uh, nitty-gritty of that, that will be tomorrow. Um, and also, the Sox just wrapped up a, a nine-game uh, road stand. So they'll be coming to uh, Guaranteed Rate Field uh, this week, and Vinny will be back at the park. So we got to make sure you're following him on Twitter uh, at Vinny Duber. Um, we're coming to you live after a White Sox loss, 5-4 to four in 12 innings. That game was hell. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're up 3 nothing in the ninth inning. Thank you, Steven. And then it took about two hours for them to bunt just every single inning. I mean, Joey Gallo's bunting. Zach Remillard hits a homer, and then he goes up and bunts twice. I mean, that was the most obnoxious game of baseball I've ever seen in my life. I just wanted the Twins to win in the ninth. We all knew the <laughs> the outcome of this game was going to be the Twins winning the game. Just do it quicker, please. I mean, Kendall Graveman started that ninth inning with a walk. And when that happened, I was like, okay, you got a three-run lead and you're putting a guy on. What, what do you think is going to happen? It's the Minnesota Twins in Minnesota. They do dumb things there, and the White Sox lose games. I'm glad that they got swept because this season's over. Might as well get a better opportunity to get a better draft next year. But – just, you know, they had some good uh, things that happened in today's game, but also a lot of White Sox things. A drop fly balls, Colas uh, falls down on a ball that's hit to medium right field, and then Joey Gallo scores easy because he's on the ground. A lot of things just wrong with the White Sox and a lot of the fundamental stuff that showed itself today. Yeah, I mean, listen, we keep talk- we've talked most of this season, hey, they brought in this new manager, this new coaching staff who – Wanted. I don't think you can uh, question Pedro Grifol's desire for them to clean everything up, but Mm -hmm. boy, they've not cleaned anything up. And we've been talking all this season about how much this baseball looks like it did last year. 
And remember, you know, we don't have to keep bringing up the fact that last year it, it was a, a miserable disappointment and they went 500. Right. They are currently 19 games below 500 right now, which is significantly worse. Um, but, I mean, they bring in the new coaching staff, the new manager. We're going we're gonna to get this all fixed. Everybody's going to get to the, uh, you know, the, the players they were all supposed to be. Forget all these mistakes in the field and on, and, and on the bases and, and with the strike zone. It's all going to be fixed. These guys are going to come in and teach them up real good. It's just the same it's the same story on, on a pretty much daily basis. I mean, the defensive struggles today include some stuff behind the plate. Uh, Herb, you mentioned some of the plays in the outfield. You know, the offense just not coming through when it needs to, with the exception of that one Tim Anderson double in extra innings. I mean, the pitching for eight innings, scoreless. Mm -hmm. What more do you want? And then we saw the same thing that we saw yesterday when the bullpen gives up that meager lead. So, again, there's not a lot of margin for error for the bullpen, but, again, the bullpen, you got to do that. This is your job. So for Kendall Graveman to come in, give up three runs, and all of a sudden they're playing three more innings, um, this, is, this is a lot – a lot of the same stuff that the, that we saw throughout the year last year. A lot of the same stuff we've seen throughout the year this year. Obviously, through the first what is now four months of this of this season, there's a reason that they are as uh, in as deep of a hole as they are. And remember, it wasn't long ago that we were talking about, oh, will they be? Will they really be sellers? Kind of thing at the deadline. Here we're a little bit more than a week out of the deadline. They are almost 20 games under 500. Uh, you're not you're not contending for anything uh, when when your record's looking like that. Vinny, there were chirps about buying after they be, took two from the Braves. All right, I mean that was that was post All Star break. That, that that was still even uh, you know lingering around. And then yeah, they just have fallen off the table, uh, losing what uh, five of their last six against uh, New York and Minnesota. They return home for two more against the Cubs. And I was about to say it. Uh, before Kendall Graveman came in, and I, I, I held myself back because then he let up a base runner, and then that really didn't stop that inning. Um, but I was about to say, man, they've played a really complete game today because we always talked about, you know, whenever the hitting's there, the pitching isn't. Whenever the, the pitching uh, is there, the hitting's not. Whenever all that shows up, the defense or the base running isn't there. I mean, they had three runs. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Two homers, though. Um, I mean, that's true. And, and they had the three-to-nothing win over uh, – Philadelphia, where they almost threw a no-hitter. Did they throw a no-hitter? I don't know. Close to a no-hitter. The, the White Sox? Sox? Yeah. Close when to Lucas, that took, Lucas that, one. took that one six innings or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Um, not a no-hitter. It was not a no-hitter, correct. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, that was the other game that was kind of close to a full effort. And then, yeah, just completely unraveled. Um, that play with Colos in right field, um, we'll get to it a little bit later um, with Pedro Grafol's comments. And that's really what our show is going to be about today is Pedro Grafol. Um, we did see Aloy Jimenez have one of those homers. Uh, Zach Remillard also hit his first career homer. Uh, we also have not seen uh, Andrew Vaughn in four days, five days. Four. Um, uh, four games now, um, so we'll talk about what Pedro is doing with them from a health standpoint, um, and then we'll get into Pedro's comments about uh, Oscar Colas needing to, quote-unquote, uh, turn the volume down. Um, but let's get into Aloy. Uh, we did see uh, quotes yesterday about Pedro saying that this is a must-win game, uh, that, of course, he's going to be playing Aloy no matter what, um, and he did say as long as he doesn't push it to an intensity that's going to hurt him running, um, I think we've all seen him uh, run down the line at much uh, less than 100%. I don't think he's going to get hurt doing that. But then again, this is not an easy decision. I just think we need offense. So, Pedro, we see the groin uh, stiffness? Or what was For the, Aloy? Yeah. Strain, he's got a groin, groin nagging groin. Um, we saw that flare up in the Brave series. 
Then we saw him return against the Mets. We saw him in the Minnesota series. And then, you know, really the decision of giving him rest after he's been dealing with this groin injury or playing him in four straight games. They decide, let's play him in four straight games because it's a must win, and they still lose. Um, I don't know. That's obviously not in Pedro's hands, but what did you make of the comments about Aloy and pushing him out there, even though he's not 100% and isn't really able to run? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it is somewhat an explainer of, you know, the question that, that so many White Sox fans have been asking over the last few years. It's like, oh, if this guy can't play at close to 100%, why is he playing at all kind of thing? And that's come up over and over again. I think what it is is just, just because of the sheer volume of those type of situations for the White Sox, fans are getting an education in what that really means, and I don't think they like it very much, but the idea being that, hey, the Aloy can give them something, and it is a bat that is capable of hitting a home run, as you saw today, Take advantage of that because your team is worse off without that kind of thing. Now, again, there's the idea of uh, uh, last year going through all of this, they were in a playoff race. Right now, they're not in the playoff race, and I'm sure Pedro believes that every game is a must-win game. Mm -hmm. They need to win every night. Sure, Mm -hmm. Uh, good for him for having that attitude, Mm -hmm. but they're, what, 14 games out of first place right now? I mean, like, the, the, they're not going to win the division. They're not going oh, they're to not. C- compete for a, for a playoff spot this year. Um, it's It would seem to me that you would maybe want to take care of a guy who you have invested a lot of money and time in and have under control for, for a lot more time. Now, obviously, Aloy is already the decisions have already been made to make him a DH. He's already been through uh, injury frustration. We know the history with Aloy Jimenez. I don't think this is a specific to Aloy other than the fact that he's the guy in the middle of this situation right now. But, you know, why isn't he on the injured list if he can't run? Because they think the lineup's better with him in it. I mean, he can hit at least. And uh, that's frustrating to a lot of people. I'm sure it's frustrating to Aloy, but that's the reality right now. Now, Vaughn... Seems to be a different story because he apparently can't move, mm-hmm. it seems right now, because of the of the bruise on his foot. They haven't put him on the injured list. And, and the idea probably is, as I've explained many times before, they probably don't think it will keep him out for a full 10 days, right? But we did hear from Daryl, who's, who's reporting uh, for the Sun-Times in, uh, throughout this road trip, that it is a possibility that he goes on the IL if this doesn't kind of clear up soon. So, I mean, the guy's in a walking boot, um, well, yes. It, it, it just, it's just, to me, when they're saying these things last year and they're in the middle of a playoff race, it rings a little different than saying it now when it's like, well, what do you got to lose if these guys aren't playing, right? You already are losing the games mm-hmm. with them in there. Exactly. Is there a way? But, but again, these guys, each, they all have individual situations, so I'm not going to play, play doctor here or anything. But. but did you say the IL is on the table for? That's what Daryl was reporting, I, yeah. I mean, from the Sun-Times, this is from Pedro, quote, we haven't even talked about the IL. This was today. He was saying this oh, okay. today. That okay. quote, I believe, that was, was yesterday. from yesterday. Yeah, it was yeah. yesterday. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I missed the new quotes then. Um, so, I mean, but what changes in a day? Like, just, just the just, severity? He's, he's just, st- he the, still the more can't swelling? walk without pain. Okay. I mean, I think the idea is, hey, if you show up tomorrow and the pain's gone, then we're moving in the right direction. We don't need to put you on the IL because we'd rather not have you for seven games and have you for three versus not having you at all for ten. Yeah, isn't but it retroactive three days uh, there the was, IL. Yeah, I saw some some rules being mentioned that you're allowed to wait three days to use that retroactive thing, and then that kind of starts 
not being the option anymore. You can't sit around for nine days and be like, we're retroactiving it to nine days ago, right? But you start, you, I mean, you always talk about the stamina bar. You always talk about those those levels, and it's not like a video game. And it's just, it's weird that it's, you know, he just needs time off for it to heal. Like, I don't understand why they are so allergic to that idea that Andrew Vaughn just might need 10 days to be 100% or near 100% of the player because right now he's not going to be 100% until what you thought Tuesday, but now it seems like that timeline's even moving further. So it's like... I think they probably make this decision on Tuesday. Yeah, and I think we're... Me as a White Sox fan, I'm frustrated because it keeps on happening. We saw this last year with Luis Robert obviously being hurt and still playing through the injuries. And we... I don't know why they're allergic to the IL. Like, they don't get fully healthy and they continue to get hurt. Like, Aloy is continuously hurt. Like, and I think some of that is they don't allow him to get to whatever 100% of what he has and then start him on a rehab assignment and then go to the major leagues to hit the ground running. But we continue to play. He's got a growing play, uh, strain. And Andrew's got a foot. Yoan's got a back forever. These guys don't get healthy because they continue to play them. This is the frustrating part about the White Sox. And it, it would be one thing if their philosophy works, like these guys play through the injuries and then they, they – post the numbers that they usually post but no you always see them play as a shell of themselves I mean you did see a good home run from Aloy Jimenez today and that's awesome that's what he should do but I don't want him on the field if he's hurt at any point because we know one injury is going to lead to the next going to lead to the next and then he's going to be out for an extended period but of time Herb, the alternative well, is him would, being out for an extended period of time I, that's I mean, fine and, and I'm not I'm not arguing in one position or the other I'm just saying when you say when you say, just shut him down, just shut him down, you're looking at the whole roster being on the IL again for a third straight year. That's fine. That's bad. And then you'd be frustrated by that, too. No, I'm definitely (laughs) going to be frustrated by that. The roster construction and management has been terrible by Kenny and Rick. They deserve most of the blame for this. So Pedro's just dealing with the people that Rick and Kenny give him. But if players are hurt, they're hurt. You just don't go by, hey, we kind of need this guy. I'm not going to put him on the I.L. because his bat is more valuable than his legs. It, to me, is frustrating. Just, and I see people being get DFA Kendall Graveman. Come on, people. Let's be smart about this. But you got to I.L. people when they're hurt. Like, Andrew Vaughn should be on the I.L. If he's in a walking boot, to me, he, that means he can't play. Get on the I.L. We'll see you on the other side of this. In 10 days, we'll see where you're at. They don't do that. And it's frustrating to me because their philosophy of this doesn't work. If it worked, I would say I disagree, but I see the results are favorable, so I can see why you do it. But they're seeing bad results, and the process is bad, so I don't know why they continue to do it. And, I I mean, two, the thing that frustrates me, and real quick, just to give Aloy a little bit of credit, since he has returned from the original injury uh, during the Brave series, uh, he's been on base eight times. Two extra base hits, one walk. He can hit. Uh, seven hits. I mean, yeah. I mean, designated hitter is a position. He can hit. Um, yep. I mean, he, he has been able to put the ball in play. I mean, he's not really the reason why they've lost, you know, three straight now. Um, but, again, if Vaughn goes to the IL for 10 days, I mean, we know in spring training that Jake Berger has been playing first base. And, you know, we're talk about Jake Berger possibly moving to second base when Moncada's healthy enough to come back from his rehab assignment. It's like, I mean, maybe just give – Andrew 10 days off and then have Jake Berger not play out of position at second base 
play at a normal position he's normal uh, comfortable at at first base instead of hoping that Andrew Foote's beach ball of an ankle is gonna you know swell down to normal size like it I, I don't know it just doesn't seem like they've had a clearer direction when they did spend a lot of effort this year with the injury side of uh, of these things like it does seem like it's just exactly what they were doing last year where we're just gonna wait and see we're just gonna wait and see but last year they had last year they had a reason is what I'm trying to say and again I'm not suggesting that they would sacrifice their players' health on intentionally. Yeah. What I'm saying is that when you say when you say to to us, when the explanation is the thought process is he's going to sit seven days, but it's so we can have him for those three days because boy, he's so important to us that we we need him for those three games because every game is important in this race with Cleveland. You're 19 games under 500 right, right. now. The the tell me tell me why it's important to have Andrew Vaughn for three days versus versus or versus not having him for ten. You it's know? not. And what? And like, honestly, like, how do you know that he's going to be back in three days? You don't. What if, what if he's out for fine, 10, ten days the, too? I feel like the point being that like the risk seemed worth it when those guys could contribute to a win at, on any day, on any one day, because one day maybe was going to be all that was going to separate the the winner of the of the AL Central uh, when we were talking in August last year, kind of thing. Throughout those first five months, it was hey. They could still win this thing, and they just need to win a couple more games than Cleveland. But now, in, in the situation they're in now, the, the, the reward for taking that risk is not there at all. It's not there at all. Nope. And so, to me, there's, there is no risk then because just sit the guy down, he'll be back yeah. at some point, you know? You'd hope. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, again, 19 games under five hundred. I mean, what, what is truly the reward? And you look at it, like, Gavin Sheets is struggling. He's not, like, a, a good baseball player. And you see Victor Reyes, who in AAA has got, like, an OPS over 850. It's just like, why aren't they trying other things as well? Like, they just seem so married to the 26 guys outside of Hans Roberto and Jake Berger uh, of the opening day roster. It's just, I don't know. Like, they, Well, I think the point is, if, if it's gotten to the point where you're calling for, why aren't they bringing up Victor Reyes? Things have already gone a little too wrong, right? 19 games under 500. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, Ryan McGuffey had that tweet earlier, uh, and he's going to be joining us tomorrow, so that should be fun. Um, he said, at no point I ever thought after 100 games the White Sox would be sitting at 41 and 59, now 41 and 60. Uh, you predicted, I think, a little bit over 500. Like I think 85. you had, I had 90 them winning wins. 90 games, yeah. yeah. They can uh, still do it, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they got to get hotter than shit. They got to get hot. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, again, like, did we ever picture 19 games no, under five? No one did. Yeah. Not a person that's watching and or listening predict the White Sox to be this bad. Not a person. And like, not one. If if I was to predict that, I would have thought Dylan Cease was out for the year. Luis Robert Jr. was out for the year. Like, you're telling me that there are 19 games under 500. Luis Robert Jr. has now played basically 100 games and has a 2020 season. And there's 19 games under 500. Like, again, he was called the MVP candidate for a reason. He still might win that award if Shohei Otani's traded in the National League. And yet, again, they just sit here, I think, 12 games uh, out of first place. Uh, Not 14 games. Not 14. All right. Wow, Uh, I was getting overzealous. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Insane. Uh, Let's take a break. We'll let you know about our friends over at Goose Island uh, and Game Time. Goose Island has been Chicago's beer since 1988. CHGO CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, and their beer roster includes Goose Island IPA, the Tropical Beer Hug Series, and the 312 Wheat Ale, which I know Herb was enjoying earlier. Yes, it was. Um, Make sure you're checking out uh, our events coming up with Goose. We already sold out the first of the Crosstown uh, Series event at Guaranteed Rate Field on July 26th, but we will be coming... uh, 
to Wrigley Field on August 16th uh, at 7.05. Uh, tickets include a pre-game meetup, uh, one of your choices of the shirt, uh, the Crosstown shirt, whether the north side or south side. You also get tickets to the game, and we'll be basically walking from a bar on the north side, so transportation's not really included. Uh, you'll just have to walk over. I mean, uh, your feet are thing. included with your body. That's true. <laughs> um, and diehards do uh, get a discount, so if you are a diehard uh, and want to sign or want to sign up for the program, uh, check out allchgo.com. Diehards get 20% off to events like that. Uh, grab an ultra-fresh brewery exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. I've heard, uh, you know, beer scientifically helps you relax. And what else would help you relax after that nightmarish White Sox game than beer? Um, also, if you missed out on your chance to get tickets for the Crosstown game on Tuesday, or on Wednesday that we're going to, or on Tuesday, uh, there's games Tuesday, Wednesday, Sox and Cubs, uh, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Maybe you are waiting till the last minute, the last second to get the best deal to Cubs, Sox. Maybe you've never gone. Going to my first ever Cubs Sox game on the 26th oh. should be fun. Yeah. Uh, game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy You're tickets. You have an experience on yourself. You, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have people there at the game. And yes. you said, ugh. No. You're really selling this event hurt. No, we already sold out. The ugh. people who are going are going. That's all good. But Cubs Sox, to me, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a baseball game. It's a fight. It's just a fight for nine innings. I'll bring my brass knuckles. Yeah. Uh, game time is the fastest. They won't let you in with those. Oh, well. Set off the metal detector. I got a, I got a place. Got the Magoos. I was, I, it was like my shoe. I was, it was not no, even. No, it like wasn't. A... <laughs> <laughs> all right, keep doing the read. Keep doing Mercy. the read. All right. Uh, game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets. To all I'm not even listening to your sides, everybody. All right, we're blocking you out. We're just telling everybody about game time. Fat, uh, game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets to, for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Have you seen the night sweats yet? Uh, August 10th. August 10th. I'm going, yeah. It's coming up. Uh, Vinny got uh, tickets to Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. He was prepared. He was on top of his game. You know, he wanted tickets the second it came out. But, again, if you're not looking to, uh, you know, stress yourself out, maybe you want last-minute tickets, maybe you want to walk up to Guaranteed Ray Field on the 25th or 26th and just buy tickets on your phone and walk right in, uh, Game Time has the best deals for you. And, again, you can forget planning months in advance because the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress. Game Time, uh, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Um, all right, so the comments from Pedro on Aloy and the injuries, you know, obviously we, we dissected them. Um, but the one that also got people riled up this weekend was his comments on Oscar Colas. Uh, again, this is from Daryl Van Scowen of the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, and the title of the article is, you know, White Sox want Oscar Colas to turn down the volume. Um, and these are the quotes from uh, Pedro Grafal, quote, we have to dial down on the intensity level. Um, this might sound a little weird, but he plays the game at a 10 volume. We need, to, we need to play him at an 8. A 10 makes him a little reckless, especially at the plate. Let the game come to him as opposed to trying to do too much. Grafol on uh, Oscar Colas and Mike Tozar even had comments on uh, Colas. You know, they need to shrink the, shrink the strike zone and not try to cover everything. Everything is based uh, on the fastball, trying to have him know where the edges are at and staying away from the edges, keeping him moving towards the middle of the plate. We did see the play in right field today that really 
let this game unravel where it was a sack fly that seemed like Remillard and Colas didn't communicate well enough on. And then Colas, to make the play, had to lunge, fell off his feet, and then from his butt tried to make a crazy throw home to get Joey Gallo. Did not. Game was tied. And then we went into extras. Um, Outside of that, Colas had a pretty nice game. Uh, three hits, stole a base as well. Threw a guy out. Threw a guy out, and uh, let's bring up that stat, too, from uh, Sarah Langs of uh, MLB.com. Uh, Oscar Colossus' 100.9-mile-per-hour uh, assist was the fastest outfield assist of the year in MLB and the White Sox' fastest-tracked outfield assist under StatCast uh, going back to 2015. Cuban Otani. Cuban Otani. Cuban Otani. He can throw. Hey, Dylan Cease, the ace for 2024, Michael Kopech. Uh, uh, you know, a uh, uh, number two starter with a high ceiling. Oof. Number three, Cuban Otani. <laughs> just say, he's, just, he's made 26 that, and 27 on the roster. That will not happen, but oh, okay. do remember that, you know, the guy has a pitching background, so when you see him throw a very nice throw from right field like that, mm-hmm. that is very much in his arsenal, very much something he can do. Um, those, page, those comments from Pedro, I understand why people would just see them and – be as to put it as, as you put it riled up um, nobody likes to assume that players are being told to give less effort or try not try so hard uh, but that's very much not what that was and I think if you think back all the way to the first month and what you saw from Oscar Colas you saw a guy whose energy and um, excitement to be in the major leagues and that whole quote-unquote new blood kind of feel right he w- that was delivering in moments. You were seeing him on the base paths and in the outfield and, and in certain moments being able to do things and rile guys up and, and, and get the team going with that energy. There is no way in hell the White Sox want to stop that. But when he came back uh, from the minor leagues a, a little short while ago, he told us that the thing that was bothering him in the first month, in his first month as a major league baseball player, was anxiety. Really, he was too anxious. He was too, he was too, um, you know, juiced. He, he was just too kind of jittery up there, and was trying to do too much because of it. There was an emotional aspect, a mental aspect that was contributing to the poor results that he had in the first month of the season, just as much as just facing major league pitching for the first time, right? And and so going up there to the plate and just trying to hit a, a, a five-run homer every time you're up there, that's what led to him chasing. It's what led to him not being able to control the strike zone very well, and it's what led to some of those very poor offensive numbers. And I think we even saw some defensive mistakes, like we did today, where that could also be applied. And so it's not so much dialing back the effort, right? It's not so much dying back, dialing back the try-hardness, if you will. It's focusing. It's uh, making sure that uh, the, the energy is being uh, delivered in a way that's going to make the play easier to make, that's going to make the ball easier to hit, that's going to give you a good at-bat. It's calming down more than it is uh, not trying so hard. And listen, we saw there was a play that happened, I believe it was right after... Mm-hmm. That play where he fell down in the 10th inning and, and let the run score, there was a single hit to center field, and, and Luis Roberts was waiting for the ball to come to him like a very routine base hit. And out from out of the camera, Oscar Colas comes flying in and cuts the ball off, and we're like, what's going on? And it's, <laughs> it's that kind of thing. It's that whole don't, don't be trying so hard that you're making mistakes. Dial the anxiety back a little bit. Dial the energy back to, to where you can calm yourself down and be able to focus and concentrate and make good decisions because that is what the problem is with Oscar Colas, it would seem, at least in the first month of the season, and certainly the results have not been much better 
uh, since he came back before the nice game today at the plate. And so I, I think that's what those comments mean. Obviously, Twitter or X or whatever we're going to call it starting X. tomorrow uh, is not a, a place where long-form context uh, lives. And so I can see where some folks would be upset at just the first blush con- uh, uh, comments there. But there is some, con- uh, some context that goes along with the struggles that he was having in the first month of the season. I mean, we talked about in the offseason. Last year was Oscar Colas's only year before this year in the United States playing minor league baseball. And the White Sox had opportunities to go and get a right fielder and have this question be put off to 2024. But they didn't. They went and got a left fielder. And, of course, Andrew Benteni's been all right. But they left Pedro Gafal with no options except for Oscar Colas or Gavin Sheets, a player that's only one year in minors or a first baseman playing right field. Bad roster construction now leads into Pedro having to play this guy every day in April in his first uh, taste of Major League Baseball. And, of course, every baseball player who first starts in Major League Baseball is going to be nervous, is going to be anxious, is going to be trying to do everything he can to impress the team and to make the team win. And so this is one of the reasons why I wanted him to start the year in the minors and make him force the issue that he's got to come up. And go and get a guy before this, like Cody Bellinger. Go and get the guy we saw score a couple of runs today, Joey Gallo. Go and get anybody else, Michael Conforto. Somebody can play right field that's played right field before that is a solid glove so you don't have this kid having to perform at a high level on a team that is expected to win. So this was a major mistake by the front office initially. They've done it with players before where they brought up Vaughn after a year of being in the minors and then, of course, the break and working at Schaumburg, but one year in the minors. They see how that's going. It's not going great. It's all right, but he's not the player that he should be at this point. They just keep on uh, missing or messing up the plays that they're supposed to do. I hope they don't do this with Colson Montgomery. Let him be down in the minors all next year. Not get fooled by all the home runs he's hitting right now and all the good stuff he's doing. Let him force the issue. And they didn't do that with Oscar Colas. They got a little too happy. It's like, this guy's going to come to our lineup and hit X amount of, doubt, uh, X amount of home runs, and he's going to be contributing to our team. This is a problem with Rick Hahn, not necessarily Pedro Gafal. He's got to play the players out there, and I think he thinks that Oscar Golos gives him the best chance to win. And at this point, with their nine ga- 19 games below, he's got to play every single game. If I see Zach Rimmelard out there again in right field, I'm going to be pissed. because That's your guy. Yeah, he's a 30-year-old, he's a 30-year-old middle infielder. Great that he's having a great year, but he shouldn't play right field ever again, especially when Oscar Colos is available. Oscar Colos should be playing all the available games in right field unless he needs a blow. It's like you've, you've committed. You're pot committed. He should be playing. Who has more home runs this year, Oscar Colas or Zach Remillard? Total? Yeah. Like in the majors and minors? No, just MLB. Um, it's a push. Oh, they want it's, each- it's Matchbox 20's push. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, there. Um, you know, I... <laughs> Yeah, um, that's a good one. I mean, yeah. you know, I, 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 I don't care who plays right field. I, I get your point absolutely, though. I mean, let's look back at this offseason. This team that was 81 and 81, the two pushes that they signed this offseason to get them over the edge or to get them you know, back on track was Andrew Benatendi and Mike Clevenger. That just wasn't enough. I mean, again, I didn't think the quality of Benatendi was 
uh, you know, enough. But again, if they added one more guy and they got Gallo and Benatendi, I'd be a lot quieter on the side of the the, I mean, the, the, the table. I, I mean, mean, absolutely. Joey Gallo is hitting under a buck ninety. That's fine. He's got seventeen homers. Sure, and that that's good. Out. That's a, a one hundred seven yeah. OPS. The White Sox that's currently a have the worst. Oscar Colas is like four fifteen. Currently OPS. have the worst right field situation in Major League Baseball and again they have for five years. Again, yeah, I mean, Nomar Mazzara, Adam Eaton. Now, Oscar Colas, I mean, again, they just have not been able to solidify this. And even even the guy that we talked about in the first segment, I mean, again, I feel like the glass is shattered now on Pedro Rafal. We talked about this a little bit um, in May when he was playing Aloy like seven straight games in right field. It's like, of course, that's going to cave in on you because we've seen that this player just doesn't have that level of durability to be out in the field. I also don't know if he has the, the level of play to actually be an outfielder as well, but we've you know, learned that a long time ago. And also we know that right field is a difficult position, more difficult position than uh, left field to play. Yes. So they're moving them from left to right field. Like, I mean, a lot of these moves just don't make sense for this team. They needed a more aggressive offseason if they actually wanted to push themselves above 81 and 81. And Clevenger's been fine, but when was the last time we talked about him? When was the last time he pitched for the Sox? June 14th? He's since the early June. I don't right. know. Been I mean, out for almost two months. What's I mean, wrong they, with him? They needed more <laughs> depth. I mean, period. And they just did not have that at all. And this is what happens when all that depth uh, or, you know, all your the, the players, uh, you know, above the depth get hurt and aren't as consistent as, as, you know, you needed them to be. We're seeing some consistency from Tim Anderson, but really does feel like a little too late. I mean, it's I, a lot too late. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, it's good that maybe there is still Tim Anderson in that in that uh, body. But again, a lot too late for the uh, 2023 uh, Chicago White Sox. I think we got like 90 people watching. 96. Great year. Uh, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button, people. We're at 96 viewers, but only 21 uh, likes. We'd like to see that uh, go up a little bit more. Um, and Pop saying it's sad when these dudes are wishing for Joey Gallo. Dude, I take anything. I mean, I take. I mean, Zach Remillard. Yeah, Zach. I mean, Joey Gallo in that case too. Victor Reyes apparently would only be would be helping with the offensive pop, and he'll be hitting probably middle to lower bottom of the. Uh, Order helping with home runs and with his glove and with the speed. You saw the speed today, like that would be much better than we would have right now. Much better. Hey, Hans Roberto still a free agent. Oh, um, let, let's take a quick break uh, and then we'll jump into Lucas Giolito. And that's mainly going to be the, the large uh, uh, point of tomorrow is where will Lucas go? So we'll focus on his pitching today. And the point is, it didn't take a lot to please White Sox fans this offseason, and they still fell short. Like they could have went and got. All these people who were all flawed. Every single one of the offensive players that we named, all flawed. But they would have completed an offseason. Everybody would be like, got two outfielders, pretty good. Now let's move on to the uh, starting pitcher in depth. It didn't, doesn't take a lot. And right now, if even if they trade a bunch of players, they're still in the AL Central. It won't take a lot for next year for them to compete. Now will they do it is the thing. I say no. Steven, can you check uh, Slack real quick? And, and, and do you have that sound effect I, I had you load in last week? I, we didn't get to it. All right, cool. Well, we'll get to it in a sec. All right, let's take a break. want to let you know about FOCO. Get fit in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between over at FOCO.com. Uh, two of the lovely bobbleheads on our uh, desk right now uh, were donated by FOCO. Uh, and so go make... Uh, sure you show them some love at foco.com f-o-c-o or click the link in the description below it's, it's baseball season they got aloha sh- shirts straw hats polos bags everything you need for a game and for all non-presale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off over at foco.com f-o-c-o.com or click the 
click the link in the description below. And again, for all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. There is that sneaky uh, Arkansas Andrew Benatendi bobblehead out there, folks, that you can uh, go snatch up today with the uh, promo code CHGO uh, for 10% off over at foco.com. You guys ready to golf? Of course I am. I saw we got more foursome sold for our CHGO kickoff classic at Cog Hill, August 25th, 9 a.m. Uh, we got 18 holes with a cart, and that's included with your ticket when you sign up. Again, 9 a.m. shotgun start, 18 holes with a cart. Uh, you also get an exclusive pins and aces polo for all the players that sign up. And we'll have hole contests, giveaways, and prizes. And there'll be lunch, drinks, and a ceremony after the round. And diehards, if you are a diehard or want to sign up, you do get 20% off this event and all events. You also get a free shirt when you sign up. You get access to our members-only Discord that's called the CHGO Lounge. Uh, some premium written content up at allchgo.com. And uh, obviously, you get to hang out with everybody in here uh, to, you know, vibe with and commiserate with after a White Sox loss. So uh, make sure you're going to allchgo.com to check out the Die Hard program. And again, make sure you're checking out the CHGO Kickoff Classic at Cog Hill. Uh, we'll be golfing on August 25th, and we'd love to see everyone out there. Um, let's get into my first verdict. Uh, Steven, hit the gavel and pop up the trade proposal. Um, Lucas is obviously going to be a big Is that what tomorrow. that's supposed to be? Yeah. Okay. Is <laughs> that not, not gavel? It's too deep to be a gavel. Like, a gavel is just a solid wood hitting solid wood. It should be more like, like that was like someone beating on a door. We have a wooden bat here. There you so. go. I'd be careful, but yeah. That's better. That's better. All right, all right. Yeah. Court is in session. Uh, uh, folly artists? What are, who are the people that? Foley. Foley. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Um, I'm gonna. That's my part-time job. Is <laughs> do some artist. good foley work. Um, so this is uh, Jim Bowden works for the Athletic, and uh, he was a former GM. Mm-hmm. And we know we don't like baseball trade values because again, because it's always wrong. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think Jim Bowden is just like baseball trade values, where he's always wrong. And I'm gonna make yes. a declaration here: no more, no more fake trade proposals. We don't know enough. Baseball's too deep. I mean, there are, what, 30 people on the MLB roster, the AAA roster, the AA roster, the single A roster, the low A roster, the Arizona, uh, the Arizona affiliate, uh, the whatever. Complex League. Complex yeah, League. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they probably got some international uh, Dominican, uh, camp folks. Dominican League, yeah. Um, so, you know, what I'm going to say is it's, it's too much shit going on. Like, I, it's just way too much going on. It's like Oppenheimer. I, I don't know anything about fission or fusion. I just know that the bomb went off, and that, ooh, that was big. Um, was hey, 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 spoilers. spoilers. Oh, I'm spoilers. sorry, guys. Uh, there's a bomb in Oppenheimer. <laughs> um, so I just am going to say, like, it makes sense for NBA tr- trades because you got to make a salary cap. you got to balance out the salaries. And trade won't work if the salaries don't balance out. You can trade also, draft you're trading picks. major leaguers. Right. Or yeah. pro, you know. Yeah, you're, you're not trading minor leaguers is the point. And right? you can trade, like, all your draft picks away. You can't trade draft picks. Putting together baseball trade packages are a fool's errand. It is stupid. Even guys who used to have the job can't even do it, so we shouldn't do it, all right? And the, the one that he proposed was Tim Anderson, Lucas Giolito, and Kendall Graveman going to the Dodgers uh, for Diego Cartaya, uh, their top prospect. Uh, I think his name is Michael Stone? Gavin Stone? Gavin Stone. Gavin Stone. Uh, and then... Uh, uh, a second base prospect, uh, Vasas, I think it is. Um, I, I can't pronounce his first name. Um, but again, you can see the value there: fifty-three to forty, or fifty-three to four. But that's like, madness. Those right. three people have never played Major League Baseball. Yes. Two of those three people on the left are all stars in Major League Baseball, Word. and also, also those people could help the Dodgers win the World Series tomorrow. And the people on the right, 
won't. might never make the major leagues. How could you say that they're more valuable than them? That's silly. Yeah, that's a and, <laughs> and, and to the Dodgers, maybe since they have a lot of depth, those people are not necessarily that more much more valuable than anybody else. Those guys go into the White Sox immediately. They shot up to the top of the rankings. I heard a thing. It's just like you know. All of the publications have Diego Cartaya as the best uh, Dodgers catcher, but the Dodgers might think that Michael Rushing, who's the third best prospect and is also a catcher, is a is a better prospect. Exactly. Like I mean, I, at the I time back in the day, Jeff, Jeff Leifer won the minor league player of the year, but Maglia Ordonez, who was ranked lower than him, was the better player. That yeah. just in the White Sox prioritize Maglia Ordonez over Jeff Leifer, rightly so, because they know the player. And maybe a team like the Dodgers is in a battle with the Diamondbacks, both for the division and for the services of Lucas Gilito, etc. They want to put in an extra person. So the values there doesn't matter because maybe Andrew Freeman's like, I don't give a goddamn. I want Lucas Gilito. I think he could lead us to be one of the best teams in baseball as a third, fourth starter on our rotation type of thing and Tim, and Tim Anderson will be uh, solidify our shortstop position until we get home dude back next year they might part with some people that they don't want to because they know that the D-backs are also wanting to get a starting pitcher and also some other help to win the AL or the NL West yeah. so they can throw all those things away especially like Baltimore like people are talking about Cease maybe going they have a lot of people and maybe it doesn't match up one-to-one but they see Cease as a future player, and they give out some players that you probably don't think, man, is they're giving out way too much for Dylan Cease, but they don't see those players are going to be helping their team winning a championship in the near future while they see Cease being the top of the rotation winning a championship this year, which is very valuable to Baltimore. When's the last time they won a championship? Like in the 80s? Yeah. moons ago. 83, yeah. 83. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, Baltimore, though, they're just they're cheap. They're a cheap organization, so – I mean, do, I mean, they got like nine of the top 100 prospects. They they could put a p- package together for yeah. Cease, but uh, we'll, please, we'll, Jesus, we'll see. Do and it. We're not the people to put together a package for Dylan Cease because, again, we're not Major League Baseball GMs, so we're not going to try. If, if you're looking for that, uh, no, we're not going to do it. We'll um, do it after they trade him again. Fools, Aaron. <laughs> uh, Lucas Giolito, though, likely going to be traded. Stephen, feel free to uh, flash the uh, starting pitcher line. Gio went five innings. No one runs, six hits allowed, three walks surrendered, but nine strikeouts and career strikeout 1,000 for him. Not 1,000 with the Sox, as we found out. He's like, He had 11 away? with the Nationals. What's that? He had 11 with the Nationals. So he's nine away. Yeah, so nine away. Okay. Um, so there you go. So Lucas, nine away from 1,000 with the White Sox, but does he even get there? It's a good question. We'll see. Uh, we've seen the White Sox and obviously plenty of other teams make moves in the days before the deadline in years past. So uh, you don't have to necessarily wait till August 1st to, to see some of those moves happen. But um, we'll see how that plays out. I believe he would be scheduled to pitch the third game, the Saturday game of the Cleveland series next mm-hmm. weekend. So um, we'll see what happens. But uh, he was really good today. And coming off of that stinker that he had against the Mets, uh, this was what you would expect from the 2023 version of Lucas Giolito. Um Put a lot of guys on base, which he hasn't necessarily been doing all year. You mentioned the three walks. He also hit at least one batter. I think he hit one guy plus all the hits. But, hey, he got the defensive plays that he needed to get out of it. He made the strikeout pitches that he needed to get out of it. He only went five innings because the pitch count was kind of high because of, again, the the aforementioned people that he put on base. But this is the kind of start that Lucas has been delivering all year long. He put the White Sox in a very good chance uh, position to win. And then you had the three innings of shutout relief from Joe Kelly and Reynaldo Lopez as well. 
the pitching was just fantastic up until the ninth inning there. So uh, Giolito did it again. And uh, for everybody, uh, you know, worrying that the one bad outing against the Mets uh, well, ruined his trade value, uh, he went uh, out there again today and said, no, 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 it'll, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, they're looking at the totality of the year and what type of pitcher that he is. That's why there were like 18 scouts there. Yeah, it might have been bad for the Mets game, but Lucas is more solid than what that uh, outing showed it. And so they're not judging off of that one start, just like they're not judging off of this start. But maybe this uh, quells a couple fears for White Sox fans that think that his uh, trade value is all bro- broken up now. So I think Lucas Giolito, I'm going to be very sad when he does leave. And I think this is possibly his last start as a White Sox because I'm uh, – yeah, Saturday is the last one, and then the trade deadline's what next Tuesday. Tuesday well, yes. so whew. the rumor. I mean, right now ESPN has him pitching Friday. Okay, so jumping because of the day off tomorrow, yeah. just pitching on regular make rest. Sense? It makes sense because well, we'll of see, their I, injuries. I, I don't know if that's been announced. I can. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's. That it's just ESPN, just kind of guessing. Yeah. Guessing. Uh, right now, the guesses are Kopech, Lane, Cease, Geo. Uh, again, you know, the big in thing. There. They didn't even put Tuki in there. Come Tukey, on, Tuki Saturday. So they're just switching, okay. Yeah, I mean, well, again, that's not official. Um, or we, I don't know if it's official, official. Um, but, again, I mean, we, we, didn't, we really talked about that after the Mets game, Vinny and I, when you were in uh, Toronto, mm-hmm. that, again, he was not on regular rest, and he's a different pitcher when not on regular rest. And we saw that today. I mean, he was normal 2023 Lucas Giolito, and that is a healthy pitcher. He's uh, got a crazy frame. He's got the ability to control three pitches. Uh, Steven, if you want to flash the stuff and results for Lucas today, um, 49 fastballs, 26 changeups, uh, 22 sliders. Again, just really trusting those three pitches a lot this year. And sometimes we've seen the slider be the most used pitch. Sometimes we've seen the changeup be the most used pitch. Um, but he is absolutely being able to work in, up, out, around the zone. He has just been absolutely consistent this year uh five whiffs on 24 swings for his forcing fastball five whiffs on 16 swings for his changeup, two whiffs on eight swings of his slider uh two called strikes for his slider four called strikes for his changeup, 11 called strikes for his forcing fastball 29 called strike plus whiff percentage that's average for major league baseball i mean he is absolutely you said third or fourth on the dodgers rotation wise again their health has been absolutely screwed up Mm -hmm. i mean he could be their second Pitcher in a in a playoff uh, outing. Urias has been bad. Bueller's hurt. Clayton Kershaw's been hurt. Like, I mean, he could be the, the second guy they go to because, again, he's just been so consistent. And we saw him at one time in Oakland in a playoff game. And that really, I mean, drew the attention of Pedro Grafal. And that's the player that he's been trying to get out is that intense locked-in Lucas Giolito. And I think we really have seen that this year. Um, any final thoughts on Lucas this game? We've got the trade deadline special tomorrow. We're about a week out with Ryan McGuffey. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about a lot of trade stuff tomorrow, I'm sure. But uh, just an update, I looked it up. The only announced starters are for the two Cub games, Kopech on Tuesday, Lynn on Wednesday. Okay. So, uh, and obviously we'll be seeing Lance Lynn on the uh, 26th when we go out to our Crosstown Series event. So that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox postgame show. That's Vinny Dubry. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Dubry. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Clark for the uh, Sox Max. Congratulations. Uh, We'll give a shout out to Mark Burley. Uh, The question was, how many players did he allow on base? Uh, uh, what was it? That would be 16, zero. 16 years ago? Oh, I was just thinking, 2009, 2023. 16 years ago? 18, or 
What? How how long ago was 2009? 14, 14, 14 years ago. Years ago. Uh, the 14th anniversary of him allowing zero batters, and then it was the 18th no hitter. So they said how many no or perfect games were thrown before that? 17 was your Sox math answer. Congratulations. I was there. Uh, anyways, that's gonna do it. We'll talk <laughs> to you guys tomorrow at 3:30 p.m. Bye.